Hey everyone, welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. My name is Michael Prasad. Today I want to share with you something that I saw on Facebook when I was going through one of our uh, our Facebook groups that we're a part of um, from Social Church. We've talked about them before in the past, and Ryan Wakefield is a great friend of ours. So I've invited him to come onto the podcast today to share on a topic that I think will interest you quite a bit. Um, so the topic is eight things likely correlated with church growth. So I saw a list of these eight things on his Facebook page, and um, I thought it was very interesting because in there, we it, there's some branding components, but I know he set up a survey and uh, really did a thorough job of um, finding some good answers for churches to use and, and learning what they can do to help grow their church. So uh, right now, let's welcome Ryan Wakefield. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Man, it's great to be here. I love you guys, love what you have going on, and uh, these findings were really fascinating to me, but I love data. So hopefully uh, your audience loves these insights. So looking forward to jumping into them. Absolutely. Let's let's get right into it. Um, so Ryan, actually, before we get into the data, because I know you'll, uh, you'll share some really good stuff, um, uh, but let, let's introduce you a little bit. You're with Social Church, right? Why don't you unpack what you're doing with Social Church? Yeah, Social Church, really right now, we're focusing on giving churches a tip every single week on how to reach more people on social media. So every single week, we're giving you ideas, uh, templates. Uh, so that's really Social Church. And then we have a, a product called Church Marketing University that helps churches reach their city. And so that's really the two things we have going on. So it's all about churches reaching more people, uh, ideas, strategies, how-tos, um, and everything from social media to marketing that we're going to get into. And that's really where this assessment came out of. We wanted to find out what churches that were growing were doing different than churches that were plateaued or declining. And so in our journey of, of launching resources and materials and training, we wanted it to be based on data. Like, where should we focus our time? What is going to make a big difference or another way to say it? What's some low-hanging fruit for churches? And so we surveyed uh, at the time of these findings, we had reached almost 2,000 churches. And um, so that's where this all kind of started out of, and then we launched from there. Yeah, excellent. So where does your passion for churches come from? Like what's your, just very briefly, what's your background in working with churches on the marketing side? So grew up in church, went to school to be a youth pastor, went to Evangel University. In that whole long story, I got thrown in the deep end of um, media, creative communications, uh, way back in 2002 when all of that, there wasn't really much of that in the church world. It's, it's crazy how far the church world has come. Uh, eventually was the creative director for James River Church, a mega church in Springfield, and, and then some church consulting after that, and then moved up here to Kansas City, where you are, uh, to plant uh, to help plant Summit Park Church. So then I did the creative and marketing and all that. So that's been my journey in 60 seconds. Yeah. So a huge fan of the local church, uh, have kind of been in that creative director role. Uh, and then really the latest kind of role is taking all the stuff that I had been learning over in the secular side, I went back and got my master's degree. I was like, how can we implement these tools in the church world? And that's really what we did uh, with launching some of Park Church in some respects. And so uh, that, again, then tied back over. is like, oh, my word, these things actually really can help the church get the word out to reach more people, to do outreach. 
And more churches, you know, started to ask me, hey, Ryan, can you help with this? Can you help with that? Can you? Like, I love to, but I'm running out of time and capacity. So that's, again, where we started, like, well, let's turn these into resources so more and more churches can take advantage of them, not just what I could do personally. So that's kind of been my journey, and huge fan of the local church. And that's what I love. When I, when I get up in the morning and I read an email from a pastor, it's like, hey, thanks so much. Our Easter was doubled, and we reached so many people, and this many people got saved, and um, those type of reports are, are what fire me up, even though I might not be there on the ground with them to be a partner with them is just a, an absolute joy. Yeah. I love it that you're, you're in the game with, uh, with Summit Park Church. So you're not only providing resources, but you're implementing these resources as well. So that's why I think you're, you're perfect for our audience because you're, you're not just in theory, you're actually seeing these things play out. So let's get to your findings. Can you unpack to us, uh, what you found, like the, the things that are most likely correlated with church growth. Yeah, let's jump in there. And real quick, so your audience sees, and they can take this assessment over at Church Marketing University, or you guys can link to it at uh, Church Brain Guide. But uh, 7.6 was the average score out of 20. And then you can see here, churches that were in decline scored a 5.4 on the assessment. Churches that were plateaued scored a 6.4. Churches that were consistently growing scored an 8.9. And then those rapidly growing churches scored an 11.1 on this assessment. So you can kind of see which what we kind of wanted to set out from the beginning just to see is what was their um, things that were correlated. And did marketing aspects make a difference in church growth? And from our data, 2,000 churches, which isn't huge, but it's still a good significant amount, kind of shows that, man, the, the better you scored at this assessment, the more likely you are, you are to be growing, to be a growing church. And then we want to say, okay, out of all these 20 items, which ones had the highest correlation? So I had enough stats in uh, my master's uh, program to be dangerous. And I know that if you run the numbers, that the higher you, the correlation you get, the more likely, like, this is a significant factor. And then we had another gentleman who does this for a living just double-check these. And so this is what we found. Um, the first one... I won, Michael, in case you want to jump in, because I know you've got some great thoughts on these as well. But uh, this came out of the rapidly growing churches segment. Uh, so those churches, we just kind of narrowed it down to what they were doing, the ones that were going super fast. And 86.8% uh, of them said, we have a lead pastor that prioritizes connecting with millennials. And this, above everything else in the data, jumped out because it was the most lopsided. And it was really interesting to me that this jumped out. Um, so uh, I've got some thoughts on this. You know, we don't have data on to say exactly why this was so highly correlated. Um, but 86.8% of those churches that were rapidly growing say their lead pastor prioritizes connecting with that next generation. I think it speaks to their willingness to probably try something different in the church world. They probably have an approach that is maybe not, not as traditional my guess is a lot of these are, are, are some recent church plants that are going pretty aggressively after young families and millennials. And um, a, a pastor that's not inward focused, but probably outward focused. How can we reach out? How can we reach a generation that may not reflect exactly me? So probably that's showing up. A lot of the things are showing up in that respect. Yeah, uh, again, I think uh, not know just, exactly just why. To, what 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 would be your thoughts, Michael? Yeah, just to add to that, I think in, in our our um, experience too, that that's it's more of a mindset that we found like pastors that are willing to 
reach to that next generation. Right now it's millennials, and I think the next one after that is Gen Generation Z, maybe, something like that. Um, but the pastors are always thinking about reaching the younger generation. It, they have just a better mindset to be receptive to making changes and updating and making things a little bit more easy to understand in the church itself. So just, just in addition to your yeah. comments, I think it's a, a lot of it is just a mindset that the, that the pastor has. Yeah, and I would say, I'd add to that too, it's um, this generation is probably not as churched as older generations. So if you have a pastor that's reaching out, they probably also have a mindset of how do I reach people who aren't um, and, and are doing some things differently with their language, maybe their music. Uh, again, not saying that they're throwing out the, the core things, but they're, they're doing ministry in such a way that it connects with an audience that is not church. Uh, yes, that may be millennials, but then everybody else in your community that didn't grow up in church or hasn't been to church or doesn't feel like church is for them, it would make sense that that style of church would resonate with them as well. So again, at this point, we're probably throwing in our experience in local churches on why, but I think those are some important things for, for pastors to consider. Yeah, one of the things that I found in your, your list that you posted on Social Church was that um, the churches that are uh, growing has a, a brand or a style guide in place. Mm -hmm. Can you unpack that? Like, what, yep. what does that mean? Let me jump down to, to that. Um, so that's, that's the full-on list there. And I think uh, that was one of those that were right in the middle. And the idea, and this would be perfect for you because this is what you guys, I mean, this is your core strength. But um, churches that have done the hard work of creating a brand or style guide were much more likely to be a growing church. And I think part of that reasoning is is that they've done the hard work of taking their vision and making it, putting it literally on paper. And what does this look and feel like? And what does colors represent this? And what's our logo and fonts? And what do, when people interact with our vision, um, what do we want them to come away with? And what? So I think, again, when they've done the hard work of taking their vision from something like maybe the leadership knows to something that everybody can touch and feel and interact with and understand and get it, and Michael, you and I talk about this in the branding module a lot, is that if a lot of times if you're leading a church and you feel like, you know, God has given us this great vision, but people aren't getting on board with the vision, we can't get them really to maybe volunteer or to fund it, you may have a branding problem. You may have a fantastic vision. People just may not understand it or feel it or know what that means or what the on-ramps on are. And so... Uh, we talk about that in the branding module. You may need to really get in and clarify your brand because we approach branding um, like it's it allows people to, to understand the vision and then get on board with it. And so I think, that, again, that's why it, it points back to when the church goes through that process, they're much more likely to be a, a growing church reaching people because people can understand the vision and then get on board with it. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, pastors are really passionate about the calling that God has for them in their community. Um, but sometimes, just, just naturally, you forget to um, pass that passion along. Like, what is that vision? Um, so the way that I view it is that when you, when you do create a style guide or a branding guide, you're able now to pass that vision on so that other people can champion your vision and take that further so you're able to reach more people. Because it's not always dependent on the pastor connecting with somebody. 
you can now take that beyond just one person. So I think, uh, yeah, I love I love the idea of a, a branding document because I, I believe that churches that understand who they are and can put that in writing, so to speak, they can document it, are, are much more likely to succeed. They're setting themselves up to, to grow because other people can now champion the vision that God has given them. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think the whole scalability, I, did, I didn't think about that, but when you get it down on paper and you have a guide, that your vision now becomes scalable. Um, right. So that's huge. That's really good insight. One, one other thing you mentioned on there is um, uh, with churches that are growing is that they prioritize uh, photography. They capture photography and they share photography. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, let me see if I can jump around here. I've got some of the, the charts. And uh, if you're interested, if you're watching this and interested in, in all these downloads, we can, we can give you a link to those as well. Um, but yeah, photography was another thing which... I loved that this showed up in the data because I'm really passionate about photography. But it, it showed up that if your church is consistently capturing and sharing photography, so we're not talking about stock photos, like your church <laughs> downloads a ton of stock photos and uses that. If you're capturing and sharing photography from your church, you're much more likely to be a growing church. And um, so I, to me, I, again, I think this maybe ties back in somewhat to the millennial generation um, Angle. I know people nowadays, especially the younger generation, are this is the most visual, uh, you know, generation ever. So if you think about the apps that are huge, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, I mean, they're all driven visually. And so when a church is investing in that area, I mean, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but churches invest in a ton of areas that aren't really paying off, so to speak. So when a church says, hey, we're going to invest in capturing photography, and often this ties in with them sharing stories of what God's doing in their church, um, that really helps you reach out. That helps, that ties into your brand, that ties into your vision, that ties into reaching out into your community and communicating what God is doing in your church. And so photography was one of those that I think surprised a lot of people. But it showed up in the data as correlated, highly correlated with church growth. Yeah, I love that. The, the whole genuine nation of, uh, notion uh, of being genuine uh, is, I think, a big part of why photography works well. So if somebody sees yeah. um, your promotions, your website, um, away from the church building itself, but then they can come to a service and they experience something that's very consistent. I, I think that's very, very genuine. You're being genuine as a church as you put yourself out there. And photography just allows you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there's a few other things on your list that, um, that stood, you know, that, that basically are, well, all of it's amazing. There's eight things on there. In fact, Ryan, why don't we do this? Can you do a rapid fire of some of the yeah. other things that are on there and, and just unpack just very briefly what, why kids' pre-registration is effective or maybe why capturing information is effective in, in uh, growing churches. Yeah, so this one it was for church prioritizing getting people's email or phone numbers, uh, both online and in their services. You can see that out of growing churches, 71% of them are doing this and say, yep, we do that. I think that's real important, and we talk about that a lot in marketing. If you don't have people's contact information, you can't ever get a hold of them to get them to come back. Uh, a lot of churches in our data uh, so we're good at maybe drawing a crowd for big events. We're terrible at getting them to come back. The ones that were better and were growing churches, guess what? They're prioritizing getting that contact information. So that one was really important. Um, 
This one was interesting. So this shows you just declining churches. And if you look at this data, we ask, is your church spending more than 3%, 3% or more on marketing a year? Um, you know, in the business world, I can tell you uh, it's pretty obvious if you want to be a growing business. And sometimes it depends on your business life cycle. Um, you're probably spending anywhere from 3 to 10% a year on marketing. And we all say, duh, if you want to be a growing business, you need to be spending money on outreach, reaching out. But for some reason, there's a disconnect over in the church world. And so we wanted to see that in the data. And you can see for declining churches, 70% say, no, we don't invest 3% or more uh, of our budget in marketing. Uh, and then there was a, about another di additional 17% that said, you know what, we're not sure. So if you look at that, uh, it's almost the inverse of the, the rapidly growing churches with millennials. It's like an 87% said, no, we're not doing that or we're not sure if we're doing that. And those, uh, that's a good indicator that you're probably a, a declining church. Another one that, that jumped out was uh, kids pre-registration. I think to me, if I go down in the church world for anything, if I could say, hey, Ryan, you get to pick one thing that you're known for, I would say, I know this sounds weird, but I would say turning the ship in the church world on kids pre-registration. 84% of all churches don't offer a way for the family in their community to pre-register their kids online before they visit. It's a huge opportunity to start a relationship. It's something that businesses, again, are great at. Uh, Disney World, anything that's online uh, or that gives you this experience, even like as simple as ordering your food from Chipotle before you go or Starbucks. I, I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons and we could spend a whole episode on this. Maybe we can in the future, but uh, this is a huge one. If your church, which more than likely you don't, if you can offer a way for families to pre-register their kids online, and then you can do some fun stuff where you can follow up with a thank you email. You could send them a video from your kid's pastor or your pastor talk about uh, your guest parking or where to, to, pre to come in to, to check in their kids when they arrive. I mean, there's tons of stuff you can do. Plus, now you have their contact information, which is we already saw how important that is. So uh, kids pre-registration was one that jumped out in the data to the, the churches that were doing it were much more likely to be a growing church. Um, this was one that we asked about social media. We wanted to know, were churches staying up to date on some of the latest trends on social media? So we asked, has your church utilized live video multiple times in the past month? Not necessarily are you streaming your, your service, but are you just using live video on social media? Because um, that's the hottest trend right now on social media. And out of all churches, 62.7% of them said no we're not utilizing that, which tells me, again, probably confirms what we know in our gut is that the church world lags behind when it comes to um, trends. And live video on social media is an effective trend. It's not just a fad. It's a great way to reach people in your community. And so that was one that was kind of like, man, we got to do better in the church world about using some of these things. So that covers the, the eight. I think there's a couple more that we look at in here. Just to recap, kids pre-registration, prioritizes getting contact information, photography, the budgeting 3% or more on marketing, has a brand or style guide. This one was a, one that popped out that we haven't discussed yet, but they have more than five positive uh, Google reviews. Um, so that's one, again, it could be its own podcast. Another one that we didn't discuss yet, but it's interesting that they actually measure and evaluate marketing effectiveness. 
Um, so what they're doing on the marketing side, they're actually trying to measure it, see what's effective, and then invest more in that and don't invest if it's not in, uh, effective. And then that last one, the one we started with about the lead pastor prioritizing that next generation. So, Michael, that was the eight findings um, on, on there. And so hopefully that is create some aha moments for your for your audience and be like, man, what if we invested in in some of those things um, and see what God might do to help us reach more people in our city? Yeah, I love uh, that you shared all those things with us. And the, the thing that stood out to me is the um, just the, the big idea of having a strategy in place to reach more people. And uh, I think a lot of churches are, I don't know, they don't have a really great understanding of what a strategy looks like or could look like. And so I think what you shared basically gives us some insights of what is a good, effective marketing strategy you need to include so that you can reach more people. I think every church leader out there wants to grow the church because every number represents a story and every story is, is something that, that God cares about. So we all want growth. And there's definitely a spiritual component. You know, we, we need to pray. We need to believe. We need to worship and, and, and fast and, and do all the spiritual components that that um, the church is supposed to be doing. But I, I think on the other side of that, too, there's a, there's a great opportunity to be strategic and to use some marketing tools that will help your reach increase so that, um, so that God can do something amazing in somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Ryan, um, just to close us out of here, I just, um, I'm curious, what, what are you doing in the next 90 day that, days that are uh, exciting, that it, that's making you just kind of uh, stay up at nights and, and think about the future? Yeah, so I would say that's probably our boot camp. We launched a, a church marketing boot camp. As as funny as that sounds, um, it's really helping churches get started in this area. And so I, I know in the church world, uh, we've, we've kind of pushed marketing to the side, um, which I understand a lot of those reasons. Um, so, but I think there's a lot of churches that are, are realizing, you know what we can, like you, like you said, we can pray, we can fast, we can keep the main things, the main things, but you know what, we need to get smarter about letting our community know we exist and reaching out into people who aren't going to church. We got to start thinking like missionaries because our, our church, our culture doesn't nat- naturally come to our church. So uh, more and more churches are starting to be like, man, we need to get better at this stuff. Um, businesses are are really kicking our tail on this thing. And, and I, I could go into that in terms of how frustrating it is. But anyway, going back to the boot camp, um, it's exciting because we've got, we've had, um, I, I think at this point over 2000 churches go through it and just the feedback of saying, Hey, thank you so much. It's so helping us get back on path and reaching out to our community. And um, so that's probably what's been the most exciting. And then, um, you know, I, we've got more and more people checking out the, the branding module that you and I did together on Church Marketing University, which is cool because they're getting like, you know, they're going to start solving some of those uh, pain points of, hey, we've got that great vision, but we can't get people on board. Um, so there's a lot of exciting stuff to say, but those are kind of some of the things that, that rise to the top. Excellent. So, Ryan, how can they get to the boot camp? Is there a, a domain that you can give? Um, churchmarketinguniversity.com slash bootcamp um, or if you just go to churchmarketinguniversity.com scroll down you can see all the modules at the bottom of the page 
And then the ones that say free preview, you can sign up to go through for free and bootcamp will be one of those. So either of those two options. All right. So just to make sure uh, everybody understands, uh, the bootcamp is free. So Ryan's amazing at providing amazing content that is free and you can just basically dive into it and it's going to it's gonna help your church. That's one of the things I love about what Ryan produces. Um, also make sure you check out Social Church. Um, like he said, every, every week he provides some amazing tips that, to help your church do marketing online. Um, and then also you know about churchbrandguide.com, so make sure you check out the, uh, our website as well. And I uh, just want to hey, say thanks, Ryan, for joining us today on the podcast. Amazing information. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. It's been a blast. Uh, I'd love to be on any chance you got. Yeah, we'll definitely get you back on there. You, you provided several topics where I'm like, well, that's, that's probably a whole episode where we can just kind of geek out on, on that topic. Let's do it. All right, Ryan, thanks again. I'll see you guys next time.